And what a lot of people do, they'll take ministry and God and make them the same thing so that ministry becomes more important than even their marriage, and it should never be there. Ministry comes out of a healthy marriage. Yes. And so the key is to, to maintain and to model healthy marriage. Most people's problems are family of origins, relational, marital, and if you're allowing their dysfunction to become your dysfunction, you're not modeling health for them. And the best thing you can do is be healthy and then model health for others. All right. Welcome back to the uh, Real Marriage Podcast. Uh, Mark and Grace. Grace. And uh, we're going to do just a couple of episodes answering questions. And uh, let's do the, the first one. Jump right in. You want to read it? Okay. This one is asking for advice for newlyweds that are also in their first year of pastoral ministry. All we right. know nothing about that. Resign and run for your life immediately. <laughs> Go back on your honeymoon and never return. Next question. Oh my gosh. So if you add in ministry and newly married, you are adding a lot of complicated relationships, work-life balance issues, uh, because you're doing ministry together, but you don't even know how to do life together. Yeah. So let's just be honest here on the um, Real Marriage Podcast. Newly married in ministry, that was us. Mm-hmm. And so we graduate, we got married in college, graduated, did college ministry, became a college pastor, and then that morphed into a church plant when enough people became Christians. All as a brand new Christian for you. All as a brand new Christian for me. Um, and maybe be honest with them about some of the things that we just did wrong that we would encourage them not to do. Well, where to begin? I wish the list was shorter, but we did most things wrong. I would say we um, didn't hold sacred our boundary of marriage as the priority. We didn't have kids yet. Um, our first daughter was soon after we started our church, but we had been in ministry, like you said, college ministry before that we let all of those people in our home or they could call us on the phone anytime. This was before social media and the prevalence of cell phones. And so if you were doing ministry before you got married, all of your relationships and ministry expectations and access Except for you as a single person, now you're married, which means all of those need to get reset. First thing I would say is um, maybe start with a new cell phone number and reset who has access to you. Um, Have some clear boundaries about who can call, text, or email at what hours. Uh, Social media, who has access to you. Yeah, getting an assistant pretty quick that you If you can, even even if it's a volunteer. Mm -hmm. That's male. If you're a guy in ministry ministry. and for us, we didn't have an office or a place. We were doing college ministry. Everybody's broke. So we brought everybody into our home and you would feed them. I would offend them. um, (laughs) And then we. And they also didn't have um, healthy homes. Yeah. They didn't come from intact marriages. So we were spiritual parents. Yeah. And so they, they, they didn't understand what we needed to be healthy and have healthy boundaries. So. It got so bad, I think early on, we counted more than 2,000 people came through our home, our personal residence, in one year. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens in ministry, if everything is done relationally, 
even if you're a highly relational extroverted person, at some point you hit your capacity. Mm -hmm. And I'm more of an introvert. So I hit my capacity way earlier than you did. (laughs) And it reached the point where we didn't have a clear delineation between our marriage and our ministry. And so at bedtime, we're talking about people and things in the ministry. On our day off, we're doing things for or talking about or dealing with crises from people in the ministry coming into our marriage. Holidays come and we feel bad for people. So they're over to our house for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, They need help. So we bring them over to our house for dinner. And it reached the point where I would say, our ministry was growing, but our marriage was um, suffering. Was suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, first of all, I wish we would have read the Boundaries book by Henry Cloud just to start our ministry years yeah. to understand that actually there are healthy, wise boundaries. They're not offensive, even though some people get offended by boundaries. They are actually healthy to keep your priorities intact as a couple, to keep your relationship with the Lord as a priority. Um, you, you need to start with those priorities and then continue to look at that list of your priorities as a married so, couple. Uh, in a, for a ministry couple, what should their priorities be? Healthy Christian. So personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, walking in the Spirit, Bible reading prayer. Mm-hmm. You and the Lord, priority one. Healthy marriage. So you and your spouse, priority two. Healthy if you have kids yet. Parent, or if you have kids. And if you're hoping to have kids, leave some margin in your yes. life so when they come, everything doesn't need to be disrupted. Yeah, healthy relationships in general. Mm-hmm. And then fourth would be ministry. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people do, they'll take ministry and God and make them the same thing so that ministry becomes more important than even their marriage, mm-hmm. and it should never be there. Mm-hmm. Ministry comes out of a healthy marriage. Yes. And so the key is to to maintain and to model healthy marriage. Most people's problems are family of origins, relational, marital. And if you're allowing their dysfunction to become your dysfunction, you're not modeling health for them. And the best thing you can do is be healthy and then model health for others. The other thing that people will do, they will, uh, they'll make God and ministry the same priority. So then ministry ministry becomes God. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with God should happen whether or not you're in ministry. That's right. And your ministry should flow to your relationship with God. And the other thing is that ministry can overtake the marriage as the priority. And it sounds like this couple was doing ministry before they were married, mm-hmm. which means it probably was a higher priority. And so now it's not the spouse's job to add value to the ministry, but the ministry to become subordinate to the mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called a a church family. So it's, it is an extended family, but it's not your primary family. So you love them and walk with them as if they were family, but you have to be able to be healthy yourself as a couple and in your relationship with the Lord before you can help others do that as well. And we didn't, we didn't do that well. And so we, our, our marriage suffered a lot and we loved helping people and wanted to help people, but we weren't the best of who we could be before we did that. And so we needed to refocus and 
and create some boundaries. And then it hurts more to the people that you didn't have boundaries with to all of a sudden have boundaries. And so if you can start with those boundaries, you can always pull the boundaries back, but it's best to start with clear boundaries. And then as you get to know people, learn who you can trust and who you can't, learn who you choose to let in and who you don't for various reasons, um, then you can determine whether you pull the boundary back or make a, a stronger boundary with people. Um, it's very important to understand the biblical categories of wise, foolish, and evil as you're going into ministry and, and as newlyweds because there's going to be all of these types of people in your church and in your ministry. And if you understand kind of categorically where people are at, and that's in... Different access to different people. Mm -hmm. If they're wise you can allow them access. If they're foolish, they need boundaries, consequences, and assignments. If they're evil, you need to protect yourself That's because right. they're dangerous. That's right. And so boundaries are very important, significant, mm -hmm. and things just to think about like, okay, I'm going to meet with someone. Do I meet with them at the office? Do I meet with them at a coffee shop or a restaurant? Do I bring them into my home? Those are various levels of intimacy and access. Most people think, well, if we're getting together for a meal, we're friends. It's like, no, no. This is not a personal relationship. This is a pastoral relationship. I do love you, but we're not buddies going on vacation together. And you can't text me at three o'clock in the morning, a funny meme, because you think I would you know, love nothing more than to wake up from my deep sleep and, and <laughs> chuckle. And so the professional pastoral the pr person. Yeah. So there's three kinds of relationships as there's three kinds of people. There's wise, foolish, and evil. Um, you have professional relationships where it's like, no, you can't just contact me. You need to call the office. Yeah, they're doctor, no, you can't just, dentist, Yeah, or... you can't just come to my house. You need to schedule an appointment. Pastoral is, I love you. Maybe we'll get a meal. We'll spend some time together. But I am still in a leadership mentoring position. And I'm going to give you some homework and assignments. And we're not totally peers. And a personal is, we actually are peers. Mm -hmm. um, we have a personal relationship. And you can have my cell phone number. And you can text mm -hmm. me. And we may go on a double date together. And the hardest part of ministry is most people have professional relationships and personal relationships. They don't have pastoral relationships. Yeah. So they got like best friends and a doctor or, or, you know, a mechanic, but they don't have a pastor. And so mm -hmm. a pastoral relationship is complicated because it's somewhere between a professional and a personal. And as Grace mm -hmm. said, one of the mistakes we made early on because we were young and everybody was about our age, yeah. we just treated everybody like they were our friends mm -hmm. and like we're the big brother and big sister. Mm -hmm. And then as we needed more time and energy and margin for our marriage, and then we started to add children, we had to reset some of those boundaries. Well, that that makes people hurt and offended because yeah. they feel like, hey, I was close and now I'm distant. Mm -hmm. And it may seem loving on the front end to let everybody close and here's my cell phone number and come by our house. And, you know, we're going to make sure everybody gets a meal with us on a regular basis. But if that's not sustainable and you're going to have to displace those people then that actually is a cruel thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so to set your expectations pastorally, professionally. So boundaries are important. How important is it, honey, as well, to not spend all of your time and energy just on people who have crisis and needs, but leadership development so that other people can help carry the load? Yeah, very important. I mean, that's part of your role as a pastor is to pastor leaders that can come alongside and help pastor the people. You are one person. And as you grow, you have capacity and, and you'll find that <laughs> um, quickly, well, probably with this, even running real women's mm -hmm. ministry. I mean, you love everybody, you work relationally, you care about people, you yep. got a mother's heart, but it just reached the point where it's like, unless there's some more leaders, yep. you can't possibly care for that many people. Yeah. Building teams has been essential and it takes time because you have to 
determine who you can trust to um, oversee things and to carry out the mission that God has given you. Um, but it's important to do. And I'm constantly looking for those people to add to the teams. And if I hadn't done that, I'd be breaking right now because I have you know, over 300 greatly. women. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's super important, too, for the pastor to have a pastor, to have wise counsel that they go to um, when they're in a hard time, someone they trust that will keep their confidence, um, but will also um, shepherd them in whatever so, they're going through. Yeah, what we always say is everybody gets a pastor except for the pastor, and every family gets pastored except for the pastor's family. Which is not good. Which is not good. Mm -hmm. That's a brokenness in the mm -hmm. system. and. A lot of churches will have an accountability structure, but they don't have a care structure mm -hmm. for the pastor and his family. And so um, I was teaching a class here at a seminary a couple of years ago, and I told the guys, there were senior pastors, like, all right, everybody bring your wife. I'm going to do you know, some talks on leadership and family. And so I, I said, okay, how many of you um, are a pastor or a pastor's wife? Everybody raised their hands. I said, now, how many of you don't have a pastor? And about two-thirds of the men's hands went up, and about 100% of the wives' hands went up, and about half the wives started crying. Mm -hmm. and I Feels was like, lonely. This is a crisis. Mm -hmm. So you're, because when you're pastoring, you're pouring out, but if nobody's pouring in, mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time be between the time that you pour out and you burn out. Yeah. And so the question is, like, who's your pastor? And going to them and asking, okay, do we have healthy boundaries? Are we developing good leaders? Do we have good rhythms? You know, any advice you would give us? Because oftentimes your pastor will give you more grace than you give yourself. Right. And oftentimes people who are in ministry, they see the needs of others. They're doing it for the Lord. And so they're pouring themselves out. But it's good to have a pastor who comes along and gives you grace and says, you know what? You are a human being, not just an employee. The Sabbath also applies to you. Your marriage is your priority. And so like. And it's not someone you pay because they have ulterior motives. Yeah. So the question is, you you as a couple need to agree, here's our pastor. It needs to be somebody older, wiser, ideally a couple, mm -hmm. and somebody that you can trust and are safe and integrous, and they know you're my pastor. Mm -hmm. And so like I can think of one couple in ministry that that's my role for them and that's our role for them. And so they don't have to find me. I call him mm -hmm. every week or two. How's wife? How's kids? How's family? fly out. We want to look you in the eye. want to get to know you. You know, make sure you're doing okay. What do you need? And it's, I'm checking in on him. And it's not this, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. No, I take responsibility to pursue him. That's what a pastor is and does. And like uh, recently, um, not to name drop, but I was down in Dallas and got a couple hours with Pastor Jimmy Evans, who's one of our pastors. And I had a list of things like, Pastor Jimmy, I let me run this by you. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And he's like, okay, tell me about grace. Tell me about the kids. What's life balance look like? I was like, that few hours with my mm -hmm. pastor, I got pages of notes. I came back, shared them with you. Mm -hmm. Super helpful. Yeah. And so you need boundaries. You need to develop leaders. You can need a pastor. And then lastly, I would add healthy rhythms. Mm -hmm. So what would some healthy rhythms be for a newly married couple in ministry? Definitely making sure you get a date night. So regularly scheduled, turn off your phone, something romantic, mm -hmm. connecting fun time together. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to happen. Just needs to be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, we do a calendar sync meeting as well, just to know what's going on for the week or, you know, slash quarter, six months, year. We kind of loosely plan the rest, but then each week we dial in, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing that. Kids going here, kids going there. Um, you know, what does the calendar look like? Where's our margin for Sabbath or a quick getaway or that sort of thing? So we had that meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's different than the date. We talk about this a lot. But the sync meeting is literally just the calendar and the budget. Mm-hmm. And it was, okay, what's up this week? We have two kids starting college mm-hmm. this week. And I've got a book due this week. And we've we've got another book due this week. And so, was, okay, how do we it's sequence all on all our of digital this? calendar. It's all on our shared digital mm-hmm. calendar, which you have to have. Then we're looking at the ministry. What are our days off for the school year? What are our trips going to be? Uh, when am I in the pulpit? When am I out of the pulpit? When mm-hmm. are you going to do women's ministry, not do women's ministry? And it's looking at the week, month, quarter, year, and trying to figure out how do we get some margin mm-hmm. so we can have a date, so we can take a day off, so we can make a memory and go on a holiday. Because my proclivity is I will just work until I break. And so if I don't get a break, I'll break. And I would rather get a break than break. Right. So um, thank you for the question. Here's our four things. Boundaries for you, your marriage, your time together. Number two, leaders focusing your energy and time in the ministry, raising people up who can help carry the burden. Uh, Number three, to help with this, who's your pastor? And do they know that they're your pastor? And when are you going to meet with them? And then also rhythms, what are the regular things you can put in a weekly schedule, day off, Sabbath, date night, sync meeting, some things that will buy you margin for your marriage and to have fun together. And what I would say is don't let marriage consume all of your life because pretty soon you're going to have kids. Or excuse me, don't allow ministry to consume (laughs) all of your life. Thank you. Because when kids come, you'll realize you've missed your opportunity to build your marriage. These are the window years together to make memories, to have fun, to go on trips, to be a little adventurous, to have some flexibility. And if you let ministry take all of that, then when the kids come, you're never going to get this season again. And it's a sacred one. Anything you'd add, best friend? That's scary. Or just quit and go back (laughs) on your honeymoon. (laughs) You need to be called, though. That's the first thing. If you're going into ministry, make sure it's God's calling on your life, because if you're not called, you shouldn't be doing it. You want to pray for him? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for this couple. Thank you that they're actually asking this question and wanting to examine how to walk into it in a healthy way. I pray that you'd give them wisdom. I pray that they'd find a good pastor and wise counsel. I pray that you would help them do ministry out of the health of their marriage and their family. And when they need to take breaks, that they would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.